Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Welcome to The Author Show. I'm Danielle Hampson, your host. We are venturing into the world of children today with author Elizabeth Mosley, who has written a beautiful fable she is anxious to share with us. But before she does that, a quick reminder that selected interviews on The Author Show are available in our iPhone app, which may be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author's Show. Now let's welcome my guest who will introduce her children's book titled The Garden and the Glen. And you will find out more about Elizabeth Mosley at gardenandglen.com. Welcome to The Author Show, Elizabeth. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so happy to be here. Elizabeth, without giving, of course, anything away, would you please give us a brief synopsis of your book? In my book, a blue butterfly is chased out of an all-yellow garden because she does not blend in. In fact, she stands up. She flees to a nearby forest glen where she finds a colorful collection of forest creatures who've also been expelled from the garden because they're not blending in either. The blue butterfly is, is welcome and she's accepted in the glen. She feels very at home and safe, but she knows that there's more for her to do. Those loud and angry butterflies that commandeer the garden are a problem. And that problem and solving it is really the blue butterfly's destiny. There's a beloved queen involved, as well as a magic potion. And the fate of the natural world of all these animals is at stake. And it's the blue butterfly and what makes her different that's the key to it all. The garden in the glen is truly about the magic that finds us when we're brave enough to be our unique selves. And what young reader's age group did you write The Garden and the Glen for? Honestly, in writing the book, Danielle, I thought ideally it could be for children that you had on your lap. They would be so interested in the illustrations and you could tell them the story and read that to them or possibly read it to them while they were going to sleep in the evening. I also see it and have been told it's a great early chapter book for children that are just beginning to read. And for children up to the age of 10 is where it seems to be very popular. Now, one of your reviews says this, and I quote, in her debut children's book, Mosley makes her message obvious. You are all different and all perfect, just as you are. A charming celebration of diversity. Now, what inspired you to write this story original with that kind of content? That's such a great question, Danielle. And I think it, it's the answer is that the book came from the most perfect place. I wrote it with my children in mind. I composed the story over 20 years ago, and I wrote it for them. They loved books. They loved reading. But sometimes I couldn't find books that reflected what they were either dealing with or what they were interested in. So often in the evenings, I ended up making up stories, and they loved it. This particular story, I posed comfort them. I didn't want them to feel different. I didn't want them to feel that they were in a place where they didn't belong. I was going through something. I was getting a divorce, and the children were suffering because of it. They were in a traditional Catholic school. And 20 years ago, divorce was not exactly a popular decision. So I addressed it in this story. 
I wanted them to know that even though we were doing something different, that they were perfect just the way that they were and that their difference was a way of creating character. And they were showing courage. And these would be qualities they would be so glad to have when they would be getting older. Because life is full of challenges and full of struggles. And peer pressure and conformity, that was going to be before them. So this story comes from a very special place where my children felt different. And I think it's something that a lot of children feel. You're absolutely right. And I think that what you did is a wonderful gift to your children at the time that you did it. And now you actually bring it as a gift to other children out there. So I think it's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much. And what is behind your title choice, The Garden and the Glen? You know, they're actually characters in my book. The garden is is a force of nature, as is the glen. And what I wanted to do with those two was to make metaphors for human behavior. So the garden represents exclusiveness and intimidation and bullying and not feeling safe. And the glen, on the other hand, is where you're supported and comforted and you feel included and you feel safe. So they're, they're characters in my book. And you describe your book as a fable. Why did you choose that genre? I've always thought the fables were such a great instrument for teaching, especially children. I think the vehicle of a fable is a great way to get your message across. Because most often in fables, you're not dealing with any kind of stereotype. You're dealing with animals that are the characters that are behaving in a human way. So there's no race involved. There's no religion. There's no gender. It's just animals and dialogue. It's a clean and a pure way to share a lesson or to try to pass on a value or a behavior. And I think it's something memorable for children especially. I agree with you because I remember being a child myself a long time ago. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you know, it does seem to be that children are typically are just naturally attracted to fables. Do you feel that way? I do. And I, I think there's a reason for that. Usually they're very short yeah. because they're animals. And it's a clear lesson. That the children are able to see what happened. You know, the fox and the hound and the tortoise and the rabbit. And they get it. And I think it stays with them. I think they're very memorable and plain mm. speaking. Yeah, you keep very fond memories from that. I know I still do. So I'm sure, you know, I'm no different from any other child. But talking about different, how is your book different from the many others on the same topic that are already available out there? Quite honestly, Danielle, I think my book is very unique. I think it delivers a very important message, which is timeless. The idea that if we could embrace what we are exactly, whatever that is, Whatever makes us different, that is our strength, that's our gift, that's what makes us us. And at the same time, if we're able to celebrate the people around us and whatever is their characteristics, what a better world it would be. So that is an important message that I think it gets across. And because I'm using the fable form, I think it's very clear. The children relate to the animals speaking in the dialogue, and it's something that they can remember. Okay, so you say it's unique. I understand that. But if you really had to compare your book to any other one out there, which book do you think that would be? I've been told that it's reminiscent of Charlotte's Web in terms of the animals truly telling the story and working together and 
supporting each other. I've also heard that the Velveteen Rabbit comes to mind when people look at the book and the illustrations. They recall the toys and the little boy and how important it was to be genuinely loved unconditionally. And you could only do that when you're real and you're not perfect. And I, I love that message. And I love being compared to those two incredibly classic authors. Earlier on, you indicated that the Garden de Glen, which is, of course, the title of your book, those are actual characters in your story. So it is very obvious that the natural environment plays a big role in your book. Where did that come from? I actually live in the environment that I describe in my book. I live in a house that overlooks the lake in the mountains, and we live in a forest, and our house is in Glen. We have a big garden where we have butterfly bushes planted in all sorts of beautiful flowers and plants. And whenever I look out my windows, Danielle, I can see the squirrels. I hear the birds. <laughs> uh, we have the deer prancing through our lawn. Uh, the fish are flopping in front of me. My husband and I are both fly fisher people. So I'm familiar with the outdoors. And at night, we have the frogs singing to us all the time. <laughs> so I feel comfortable writing the story in this environment. Uh, you got the frogs, I got the coyotes. My goodness, uh, we do have a lot of, I'm in Arizona, so we do have a lot of coyotes that to come and, and haunt us at, at night. Okay, you again, back to the garden, the clan as the title, but also as characters. Those are your two main characters. Do you have any other main characters in your book? I do, definitely. We have the blue butterfly and we have an orange lily. There's a very beloved queen of the butterflies. My villain is the bossy butterfly. There's a wise butterfly. And then I have a myriad of forest creatures that complement the group. Your illustrations are really beautiful. They're very soothing. I love the colors of them as well. Would you please tell us a little bit about your illustrator and, and how you came about selecting that particular one? That was a long journey, I must say, Danielle. I interviewed lots of very promising and very creative people, but I was fortunate to find Maggie Green, who is my illustrator, was adept in watercolor, which was one of the things I felt very strongly that that was medium for the book. They're soft and they're inviting, and especially for children. She did a very good job of portraying animals in a small canvas. She's actually a miniaturist, so Maggie can work in a two-inch space, and at the end, she can have a portrait of a whale, and that's really a gift. She's also able to impart personality in her illustrations, which I needed. And I felt very strongly that the children needed to be able to see how the animals were responding to the different situations going on in the book. Well, from what you're telling us here, it, it is very obvious that you did some very serious homework in terms of finding to match really the illustrator with the story. I did. Before the story was finished, I started looking for an illustrator, and I was very particular, and I'm really happy that I found Maggie. We worked together very well, and I think she brings the book to life. Well, kudos to both of you. Lots of children's books are written in poetry style, of course, you know, rhyming. What is your writing style for this particular book? Oh, I think I took a lot of license with the fable genre, but in terms of style, I like to think What I strive for in the book, Danielle, was to show and tell so that, that it would be not a lot of narration, 
that the children would lose themselves in the dialogue and also in the extraordinary illustrations and would be taken away with the story. And I was so pleased with one of my reviewers that, that the story really grabs you and you want to keep turning the pages because there's such a sense of, of, of a ride that you're on with the book. So if that's a style, I would call it mine. I like the characters to show themselves in the way that they respond to the different situations that come up in the book. Now, understanding that children's books are typically very short, would you read a very short excerpt to give us an idea of the flavor of your book? Absolutely. My book has chapters, so I'm going to read to you from one of my favorite chapters called Belonging. A gentle voice called, I can help the animals, birds, fish, and frogs. I'm over here by the stream. Do you see me? The group turned their gaze toward the wild daylilies. One of the orange flowers was waving her carrot-colored petals back and forth, and she called out, Over here, I have something to say. The daylily was quickly surrounded, and she opened her blossom in a big smile. The daylily straightened her main stem and nodded to each member of the small assembly. I've lived by the stream a long time, and I've seen changes since Blue Butterfly arrived. The lily looked up at the two birds perched on the same branch. When Hummingbird came to the glen, he had little interest in cardinals. Now, I watch him pull grasses with his long pointed beak to feather cardinal's new nest. The flower used her petal to point at the cardinal and said, You barely looked at Hummingbird when you came here with your chicks. Now your family sings to him every morning. The two birds moved closer together. The flower turned toward the mother deer. At first, you passed through the glen with barely a nod. Later, you made a home here with your fawns. I saw you showing them how to scratch acorns off the ground and roll them over to brown squirrel's winter storage. The deer and her fawns nodded while the flower continued. Recently, I've noticed brown squirrel jumping on the wild azalea branches and bending them low so your fawns can reach the tasty flowers. Suddenly, there was a lot of splashing and croaking. The day lily turned to face the frogs and fish in the stream. I didn't forget you. That is a very lovely passage indeed, Elizabeth, and you read it so well. I can hear the emotions in your voice with that, you know, portraying some of these characters. Elizabeth, at the end of the day, what main benefits will the readers get from reading your book? Daniel, what I really hope this book will accomplish will be to inspire the reader. I'm hoping that no matter what color, gender, ethnicity, wherever your region or culture, I hope that you'll take something from this book that makes you feel hopeful and encouraged, especially girls. I think that this book could do a lot for young girls in terms of validation. Mm. Our culture is better than most, but it's still hard, I think, for girls to find their voice. So I'm hopeful that this will, will make people feel good. It's a hopeful story with suspense, with entertaining, beautiful illustrations. I think it's a book that you will love to have. And we already know who should read your book, but in your opinion, who should actually buy it? Well, I recently won, and just in these last 10 days, I heard I won the Mom's Choice Award. Oh, congratulations! Was, thank you, Danielle. And, and you know, that's very affirming to me. I always think that moms are superheroes anyway, but <laughs> I think they play a very important role when it comes to choosing and purchasing books. So I, I see moms being very important, or, or fathers, if they're running the household, I think fathers as well. I think it's a wonderful book for grandparents. 
What about in the in the school? What about teachers and such? You think it would be also a good addition within the teaching environment? I think teachers and librarians, and I have taken this book and it's been welcomed and received well at the library. And um, I'm hoping very much that teachers will consider this to be a read that they would recommend for their students. It's, I think, perfect for kindergartners to be read to in nursery school or below and up to the third and fourth grade. Wonderful. And where can readers find out more about you and your book, The Garden and the Glen? I love my website, Danielle, and I hope people will go to that. It's gardenandglen.com. On my website, there's an interactive portion where the children can see the characters and they can click on it and then it turns around and tells a little bit about the story. And also there's links on my website to buy the book. Okay, wonderful. Elizabeth, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And when you release your next book, and I know that there will be another one, will you please come back again and share it with our audience? I would be delighted. Thank you. Let this one touching book review inspire you to purchase The Garden and the Glen today. Quote, the author is so kind This is a beautiful story about accepting all different creatures in the world for all that makes them special. It was brilliantly described, and it took me right to the garden. And the illustrations were very vivid. The world would be a much better place if everyone read this book. End of quote. The Garden and the Glen is the title of the book by author Elizabeth Mosley. Make this gift to a child today, and when done reading with that child, consider posting a review as those are very important to authors, and they are very much appreciated. And please, share this interview with your friends so that they too have the opportunity to discover our guest and her work. And remember also that The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorsshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. And whether you are an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search for new books to read, theauthorshow.com is a great place to start. I'm Danielle Hampson. Thank you for listening. Until next time, with another author and another wonderful book. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.